When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Breaking news, Kirk Cousins has gotten a two-year contract extension in Minnesota. There had been a lot of speculation as he goes into his last year. Look at your face. I was about to ask you if you're surprised. You may even be better off. With a quarterback who's good enough to get the job done and is not going to cost you a hundred plus million in a guarantee, he's only going to be sixty million in a guarantee. Who's good enough to get the job done? Other than the guy who makes you believe there's more upside. Because in the end, are, are, are Carson Wentz and Jared Goff is the production in fact, especially in, when you need it most? Is it different than Tannehill or Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins? Because because some of these guys are getting a hundred million and some of these guys are getting sixty. What a day. What a day. What a day. Matthew Collar here. Sage Rosenfels. Uh, we have a Kirk Cousins contract extension. We have an Anthony Harris franchise tag. We have DeAndre Hopkins traded to the Arizona Cardinals. We have a Stephon Diggs tweet that has lit up the entire internet, and it does not feel like in any way, shape, or form we are done for the day. Hello, Sage. How are you? Uh, happy Monday and happy tampering period. And um, also, like, it's hard to pay attention to football as all these other things are going on right now. So it is it is quite the Monday, a Monday that we will obviously never forget. It is. It is for sure. And we needed this. And I will give you uh, 30 <clears throat> seconds, if you want, Sage, to give everyone a PSA that is worth it for uh, what we're dealing with with coronavirus. You and I are in good shape. I'm alone in a studio. Jonathan's in his studio. You are in Omaha, Nebraska. But uh, for other people that I see on the Internet going out all the time and things like that, I think they should be staying home, refreshing Twitter, and paying attention to the NFL offseason. Yes, they should be listening to us. That's most important. That we have all <laughs> yes, the answers. yes. Uh, well, so, you know, I haven't been on the show for over a week. I took last week off. I, I flew out to Colorado with my son, checked out University of Denver. They went skiing for a couple of days and, uh, and then flew back home. And then I trained the Notre Dame quarterback for a few days. He actually just lived with me for about three days. And that was a great experience. And, and I hope he learned a lot. We watched a ton of film, ton of NFL film. Grind the tape. Grind the tape. But, you know, sometimes guys, he could emulate guys like, you know, watching Jimmy Garoppolo games and Russell Wilson and, and you know, guys like Drew Brees, who's six foot. And this kid, Ian Book, he's only six foot as well. So that was, you know, then all, at the same time, you know, uh, the head coach Kelly for 
for Notre Dame is, is, you know, as I'm like making dinner one night, he calls up Ian and, you know, it looks like they're going to cancel practice. And next thing you know, boom, looks like they're going to you know, basically cancel all of spring and, and uh, the semester. And, you know, all this sort of goes on. And I haven't been on the radio with you to really discuss this and, and going through this uh, you know, whole coronavirus experience, you know, from afar. So I just feel like, you know, we all have things to say about it. And we're, we're going to focus on football today because that's what we do. And there's a lot of listeners out there that, you know, want a, an escape from, uh, whatever this is going to be and, and is currently. So I, I would say this for me, I might be one of the luckiest people in this whole thing. I feel like in a sense of like I'm healthy, I sort of work from home, I don't have to travel, I don't have to go out to work and, and be a nurse in a hospital or or uh, work at a restaurant and, you know, where, where the tip's going to go. There's all, you know, everyone has their own experience through this thing, and I'm very lucky that I can hole up in this in my house and, and in my bedroom and, and watch TV and go on Twitter and, and read about what where it's the Vikings or what's going on and what are the next steps that I should do and, and you know, worry about my children. They're home from school just like everybody else's is. So these are very unusual times. We're going to talk about football, but all I ask is for people – to listen to the, the scientists and listen to the, the doctors, you know, the experts, right? You, you come to us because we're supposed to be in some sort of form an expert of talking about football. So that's why you're on with us. And then I was talking about the Vikings uh, five days a week on your show. But, you know, I'm listening to the experts in their fields right now. I don't listen to any of the politicians, really. I'm listening to the doctors. I'm listening to uh, uh, the, the scientists because... You know, they've spent their whole lives trying to figure these types of things out and, and what's the best ways to do it. And, and, uh, and I'm hoping that, you know, they rise to the task. But for them to do their job, we have to do ours, which is if you can stay home, stay home if you can. And if you can't, uh, you know, try to adhere to all their, their recommendations of you know, trying to not be in big groups and trying to stay away from people. And, and you know, trying to constantly wash your hands, all those types of things that's coming from those uh, those doctors and scientists, please listen to them because we are all in this together. Uh, we, we, we have a, you know, sometimes a disconnected society, but, man, we are in this thing together. And you see some of those videos of people still on vacation, still at bars, still you know, in, at concerts, basically. Of course, those are getting all shut down now, but you know, we really have to be in this together. Because to, I've, I've got parents. I've got parents in their 70s who, you know, if I get this and my kids get this, we'll, we'll probably be okay other than being sick for a couple of days. You know, who knows? But, you know, people like my parents, it's like 1 in 10, 1 in 12 people over 70 with any sort of ailment, uh, which my parents both have, uh, you know, they, they would die. So that's very, very scary for me. And, and, uh, and, and even the 25-year-olds who feel like they're immortal, uh, you're, you're, it's not just about yourself in this situation. It's about all of us. And, and, uh, and, and that's all. I just wanted to say that before we dove into Kirk Cousins' trades and Vikings news and what the heck is the Houston Texans doing uh, or are the Houston Texans doing. So um, uh, that, that's all I wanted to say. I, I appreciate you giving me some time, Matthew. Yeah, for sure. So just sit back and enjoy the football talk because it'll be pedal to the metal for the next uh, hour and 54 minutes here uh, with all the things that have gone on with the Minnesota Vikings even so far, but in the NFL. So let's start with a Kirk Cousins two-year extension, $66 million, and a cap hit sage in 2022 of $45 million, but it immediately lowers the cap hit, allows the Vikings more space, and they franchise tag Anthony Harris presumably with some of that space and then have options there. So let me get your reaction to Kirk Cousins being the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings at least through 2022? Well, 
how much is that? That did I see it was sixty six as far as the two year extension? So I was like a thirty three year a- average, correct? Uh, but you know, did I see like sixty one is guaranteed? Sixty one guaranteed, correct? It, it, but that does that include this next season coming up? So this this season is guaranteed, and then is fully guaranteed as part of the last deal, I believe. Right? Gotcha. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. So, you know, all the details I don't think are officially out yet. Yeah, we don't have them posted uh, yet, so this makes can, it harder. Yeah. Maybe I can ask uh, his agent, Mike McCartney. He used to work my shoe deals back in the day. <laughs> He's become a pretty good agent. And, and I'll tell you what, has done right by Kirk Cousins uh, of all quarterbacks. And, and congrats to Kurt on that. Uh, this is obviously the, what the Vikings wanted to do. They, I, To me, it looks like, and I, again, from my numbers, I see it as, this year's obviously guaranteed, and then like new guaranteed money is next year. That's how I'm seeing it. And then that third year is basically an option. Is that how you're seeing the contract? Or are you seeing like he's going to be the cut, the quarterback for the next three years? I'm I, that's where I'm worried about the, the the details of this deal. Well, I see him as being the quarterback for the next three years, though they can possibly trade him now. Uh, as part of this, he does not have a, a no trade clause, according to ESPN's Courtney Cronin. But the way that I was viewing this is you lower the cap hit for this year, and then he's your quarterback going forward. And I believe on the third day of the league year in 2021, the whole thing becomes fully guaranteed. So if they wanted to trade him or cut him or something after next year maybe they could but it still sounds like it would be a massive massive cap hit if they didn't but until they come out with all the the details completely sorted out so i can look at them on overthecap.com i can't say for sure but i'm viewing this as kirk cousins is your quarterback going forward well that's interesting i i tried to view it i guess the way i was was hoping it was was the vikings could maybe get out of that third year without having with maybe having a cap hit because uh, it's going to be that one of the signing bonuses for over three years, but that you know, let's just say they end up drafting a quarterback this year or next year, and his salary would be low, and they like they see him as the future. Like, okay, we don't have to have Kirk. We could we could cut him on February twenty fifth. Uh, we wouldn't have to have him for that you know final year, and we'll just take a ten or fifteen million dollar cap hit. So I, I that's why I'm I don't know all these details, but. Obviously, the Vikings think he's the guy, if that's the case. for Either way, they think he's the guy for the next couple years, uh, that he has played well enough, and they don't want to start over. They still are trying to figure out their football team. They're obviously, in a, in a, to me, they're in sort of short-term mode. Would, that, would you feel like that's the case, a little, little short-term mode with the one-year Anthony Harris and and you know they're trying to you know keep as many pieces together as possible, and they only have so much salary cap space. And this, I guess, uh, that 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 deal almost allows uh, uh, the Anthony Harris uh, franchise tag to occur. So this is a great question of what does it mean for the long term. So let's just go on the assumption that they're going to have him in the, through 2022, and with that giant cap hit that's coming, then well, the reason that that doesn't really matter as much is because the salary cap is going to shoot way up once the league pulls the lever on a 17-game season. It's going to go up by like $100 million, and then that will make up about the same percentage of the salary cap that he does right now. So that's where that can actually work out okay. Still not great if he's taking up 15%, but it can work out okay and similar to how it has now. 
But do you view it as a 2020 all-in type of move, or as in we might actually have to take a step back to restock the cupboard with all these players that are going? So maybe you keep Anthony Harris, but you also might trade Anthony Harris. Uh, The franchise tag goes for over $10 million for safeties. That's not going to be easy to keep him on that type of dollar. Maybe they could sign him to an extension. I look at it as they can kind of continue to compete right now fill their spots, draft what they need to draft for the future, like a cornerback or a tackle or so forth. I mean, I definitely think they're drafting a tackle. But if you're being realistic, 2021 is where you would look at it to be back to being a Super Bowl contender, as long as we're not talking about crazy moves that change everything. You know, if they traded Harrison Smith straight up for somebody, like then the formula changes all of a sudden. Or Do you think, you know, Michael, do you think that the Vikings are in trade mode like if somebody said hey we'd like to have riley reef or we'd like to have this person like to have that person that has a fairly high number that the vikings you know hey i'll take a fourth round pick for him or a third round pick or that's what the stefan Diggs stuff does get interesting because in some aspects the vikings do need some good young players that are inexpensive like this draft is huge because when you get guys on the first contract uh, you know, and you can get you know some good compensation for that or whatever. So, um, th- I'm very interested to see if what Vikings players are definitely like on the trade block in the sense where this team's also looking to they need some draft picks and they need some high draft picks to start right away. Right, and that's where it's a very interesting situation because on the offensive side, they could draft a tackle and wait a year and then put that tackle in, or they could you know, sign someone who's a guard to fill in and at least improve your offensive line incrementally for next year if they replace Pat Alfline in in terms of your pass blocking. Um, So the offense is kind of set. You can draft a number three receiver in the third round or you can sign one for fairly cheap to to take that spot, assuming that nothing happens here with Stephon Diggs, who's been tweeting uh, as he does. But uh, on the defensive side, it needs so much. No, I don't follow Stephon Diggs. I don't follow. Well, it's very easy to see all the people retweet well, him other as soon people, as he says anything. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's the whole thing is you don't have to follow people sometimes because their tweets get retweeted or commented on or something by all the Minneapolis media. But uh, you know that that part about like Stefan Diggs, I just don't understand. Like I just that stuff drives me crazy, and and maybe it's I'm supposed to have thicker skin than that. But I was always sort of, especially in the off season, sort of a be seen and not heard. And you know your business is is how you and your agent and the management try to work it out together if possible, and you try to keep that stuff as uh, in-house as possible. So I just never, you know, liked all the the smoke that's constantly sort of, you know, surrounding Stefan, and I, and I wish it was less. I mean, I don't know if it's a business strategy or or that just, you know, how, I guess it's how, he, it's, it's how he is choosing to be a pro athlete. What I've tried to explain to people is that Stefan Diggs, from the time I've started covering him, has always tweeted these little one-liners that don't make any sense unless you're him. And it only has mattered to us recently. It's true, like, just stream of consciousness at this moment. Yeah, that's what he's saying. This is something that just popped across my screen because I was watching a random show. It could be. It totally could be. It's very hard to know with him. And I'm not saying that there's not smoke or fire where there's smoke. Can you imagine if Matthew Collar's brain was just a constant Twitter ramble like the, how your mind it would is be all about behind. 90s football from youtube that i was watching it'd be amazing uh, it'd be really something else. so we'll see if anything comes of the digs 
a tweet that says that he's looking for a new beginning or whatever. He could be talking about a new Netflix show. What would you give he's up, been, Stephon? He's always what would you done stop, this. What would you give up Stefan Diggs uh, for? If if somebody came to the, uh, would you give him up for a the 17th pick in the draft? On my end, I have a really tough time trading him. But if I would do it, it would have to be for a first-round pick where I could draft Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs or C.D. Lamb because those three receivers have star written all over them, especially Judy from uh, Alabama. He's an unbelievable route runner, just screams NFL star, gets off the line of scrimmage really well, was a huge playmaker down the field. I mean, he's kind of, if he turns out, he'd be what Diggs is. It's just that... Can I say something, by the way? I was, I was going to say, like, what Baltimore did... By getting Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick, how come the Vikings again for a fifth round pick? Because they can't. We trade a fifth round pick for a punter kicker. Oh, I know. Yeah, or whatever. I know. Not exactly. Uh, not exactly a good look. That so, didn't work. That didn't work out. But you know, we've stayed out of these interesting trades. I would have loved to get DeAndre Hopkins. That would have been nice. I would have traded like DeAndre for Stefan. It makes Stefan happy, and I think DeAndre is a great wide receiver too. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. We, we've stayed out of these these couple of big trades that have, that have gone on and and i i think this is a year for the vikings to try to make some moves make some different things happen i think people under, understand that that this team needs to change its form a little bit if they want to get over the top and if they keep doing the same thing they're just going to win nine or ten games and do this sort of the same thing i i think that changing it up and trying to look to the future would be a good thing this offseason well so that's the question here with cousins's contract extension is i mean it's sort of a, a two-part thing for the Vikings and, and for fans, because on the Vikings standpoint, so now what does it mean? Like, how aggressive do you want to be? Do you want to make a trade to, to move on from Stefan Diggs when who knows what you get back if that ends up working out? But you certainly know with Diggs, you have one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, do you want to move on from Riley Reef and trust a rookie left tackle when you don't know whether that could work out? But some I will of say these this, things, by the way, I will say this, but with that. Uh, I do think Rick Dennison is a type of offensive line coach, and the system is a type of system that it would be easier for, say, a rookie left tackle to come in and play right away. Yeah, I just that's just based off the experience. Uh, they have a way of making it detailed but not complex, and young guys who are athletic and tough, uh, and and you know, and th- th- they can play in this system. You don't have to be some like dominating. You know, left tackle, uh, you know, right out of the gates, and and he's one of the few players that they could actually gain significant amount of cap space by moving Riley Reef. So there's the question with Cousins. If you're the Vikings, there's from there's that perspective of now, how do you handle the rest of the moves? Because you know who your quarterback is, and you know you've got some more cap space. So how do you want to use it? How much do you want to try to fill in the draft, like you're saying, possibly getting a left tackle and putting him right in? Do you want to make any trades? Do you want to make a big splash and try to get Chris Harris or Byron Jones, the top two cornerbacks, to fill one of the big spots? Who do you want to bring back? They've brought back C.J. Ham, but there's a number of other players like Trey Waynes or Everson Griffin that are still out there. And I don't have a good feel for that, Sage. I wrote a big article about choose your own adventure because there's so many different ways they could go. But let me just give you the choices that I wrote about. Before you start, before you start. If I recall, what the Vikings had about they're about twenty million under the cap pre Cousins, yeah, uh, and pre Anthony Harris. Was that about right? Yes. So the question is, and they have these guys to hopefully try to sign back. The question is, you know, who can they get, and how, you know, what, 
you know, they can do things that they sign, you know, a couple of year deals with certain guys and, and have those signing bonuses and this year's cap wouldn't be all that bad. But, you know, there's you know, this team needs like what, four starters, five starters, both corners at this point, free safety, I guess, just was maybe figured out uh, and, and definitely a, a couple offensive guys. Um, this team needs some guys to come and play right away and, and uh, I'm just there's only so much money to do that in the draft and free agency. Yeah, that's right. So how you want to spend it is a big question for them. And I wrote a bunch of different possible directions that they could go. And I'm going to just tell them to you and you tell me which one you like the best for the Vikings for the rest of this free agent period. And we'll get into the options with Harris and sort of the Viking fan perspective and whether we think it's a good idea to have signed Cousins. We'll get to that. But What's next for them is really interesting to me. So you can do everything to help Kirk Cousins, which means investing on the offensive line big time, getting a number three wide receiver, go all in on helping Kirk in 2020. You could try to rebuild the defense with a bunch of veteran players who are solid and maybe a star player like Chris Harris or something if you can somehow afford him. Or Anthony Harris is maybe your big signing. You can also focus mostly on 2021 and think, okay, Kirk's locked in, so if we go 8-8 eight and eight next year, that's okay because we have to restock the cupboard. Or you could do something nuts like trading uh, Trent Williams or trading for Trent Williams or trading Stephon Diggs or something like that. <clears throat> Which one of those plans is the most attractive to you? I, you know, that's a good question. I, I think that... You know, the, the quarterback is extremely important, and I'm big into the lines. Like, that's what I'm big into as far as strategy. Like, how can we bolster the lines? Because, you know, good offensive line, good defensive line, I like putting money there. And mm-hmm. it makes other players better. It makes corners better if you've got a dominant defensive line. You know, their, their, their defensive you know, numbers are better on third and eight plus than third and four because you have guys that can stop the run. Same with offense. Quarterbacks are better when offensive lines are better. So wherever, whatever decisions you're going to make, I, I just like trying to bolster those lines this offseason. Well, and the plan that I like the most is to go all in with Kirk. Like, you've signed <clears> him. <throat> now what? Well, now protect him. Your offensive line can't rank 27th by pro football focus next year in pass protection. And that's even with all the things that Gary Kubiak and Rick Dennison do to help out the offensive line. But sometimes you got to stand in there and protect the quarterback. And what we saw last year was the left guard get run over over and over again and the left tackle not be able to stop anybody with top explosiveness like a Khalil Mack coming off the edge or uh, power with Zadarius Smith just running through Garrett Bradbury and and Kenny Clark doing the same thing in the middle. It's got to be better than that on the offensive line. So if you said, look, we're going to patchwork the defense for a year until we can make it better in 2021, Zimmer, do your thing. And we're going to spend all that we have to make Kirk Cousins as best as he could possibly be, especially when it comes to pass pro. I think that's the way to win, Sage, because I look at the teams that have gone to the Super Bowl in recent years and where they've ranked in terms of their passing efficiency. Last yep. year, number one and four. The year before, three and five. The year before, two and one. The year before, two and one. I mean, for the most part, over the last 10 years, the teams that have ranked at the very top in pass efficiency are the ones that make the Super Bowl. The defenses, you need to be good, but a lot of times you don't need to be unbelievable. So, you know, well, you know I, you I, I like that plan. Be, you, well, yeah, and I like that, and I understand that. I, I agree. Where do the Vikings rank in what you, what you call passing efficiency? Where do they rank? You're t- you know, talking about all these teams with that in the past Super Bowls. Um, anyway, what I was going to say was, 
the I go back to the Super Bowls, right? We were talking about who all the team won the Super Bowls and what what what. So this is where we go back to the original Kirk Cousins conversation, by the way, of like, is it the right move that they resigned him and blah blah blah. I'm looking back and who won the Super Bowl this year? The Chiefs last year, Patriots. All right, great quarterback. Eagles won that. Nick Foles was just got hot. All right, uh, Patriots again. Broncos under the uh, um, Peyton Manning era, so a great quarterback in a sense. Patriots, uh, Seahawks, great quarterback play. Ravens, all right, and, 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 you know, for the most part, great quarterbacks. I would say maybe in all those, the Ravens uh, situation where they had just sort of a, a good but not great pocket passer won them a Super Bowl. The question is, you know, that's 10 years, 8, 9, 10 years there. Uh, you know, only one of those really wasn't a great quarterback in a sense, or maybe two. And I'm, I'm all about trying to find that great quarterback. I think it's really, really important, and, and I'm just – I don't know if Kirk is that guy, and so that's where I'm like, it's causing me I'm sort of thrown off today because I didn't, I not, I did not expect this to happen. I thought they would wait, uh, if anything, to you know figure out what they're going to do in this draft. Yeah, it took me by surprise as well. Now let me give you the latest on Stefan Diggs's social media uh, action, and this is why your antennas now have to be up with Stefan Diggs. And did this just occur right now? It, it has, yes. Huh. Stefan Diggs to the show? responded to someone, I can do both at once. That's amazing. Um, so, oh, you mean Diggs? Is he listening to the show? I thought you yeah, meant yeah. me. Am I listening to, to what you're saying? But of course I am. Um, but this just came up. So he responded to someone who was calling him a drama queen, which really, uh, and he said, something's going to happen, is what he <laughs> said. So, I like that. All right. Well, we need like dun 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 type I feel of like, music. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, the movie Austin Powers when he walks into the casino. He's like, "Hey, there you are," and the person's like, "Do I know you?" And he's like, "No, but there you are." All right. <laughs> okay. You had I, to see, I guess I get you're it. under the Austin Powers yeah. movies. I, I, I mean, it's been a while. It's been yeah. a long time. It's um, time for a new beginning. You know what that is? Like that is, uh, it's the off season starting. It's time to start working out again. Yeah, I guess that could be it. But uh, so m- plenty going on. Teddy Bridgewater is now not going to the Bears. Uh, an hour ago, there was a rumor that he was. Now Ed Werder says the Bears are focusing on either Andy Dalton or Nick Foles, in which I wish them the best of luck with that. So we're going to keep our eyes on Stefan Diggs's Twitter and see what happens. He says something's going to happen. So here we go. I guess uh, Kirk Cousins is signed. We'll continue to react to that. And off we are. So we'll take a break. We'll come right back. And maybe when we return, we'll have a trade to tell you about. We'll find out. you got to keep listening, I suppose, to Purple Daily. A lot of action on this Monday. Hey there, it's Phil Mackey for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. And Federated is here to give business owners out there peace of mind. You pour your life and energy into a business. And the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense, and that's where Federated comes in. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience in standing behind business owners. If you're a business owner and you want some more peace of mind, go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about your local Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Score North Download Time. Jonathan here with this hour's download. If you are set to spend more time at home than in your car over the next several days, you can still listen to Score North three different ways. The free Score North app on your phone or tablet, scorenorth.com, or just by saying, Alexa, open Score North. Over at scorenorth.com right now because of free agency, well, legal tampering period opening up. 
in the NFL, and the Vikings doing a lot of work so far. We have you covered on all fronts on the Minnesota Vikings. Matthew Collar has several articles up over on scorenorth.com covering the Kirk Cousins contract extension, Anthony Harris getting franchise tag, CJ Ham's new deal, and uh, maybe more coming depending on how the Stefan Diggs situation plays itself out. And according to Twitter, it's looking like it's going to be an interesting couple hours on that front. So head over to scorenorth.com. Keep it posted there as we keep you covered on all things Minnesota sports. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you, Jonathan. Yes, uh, we will be refreshing Twitter like crazy to see what is next with Stefan Diggs because it uh, certainly sounds like something is on its way with Diggs in terms of a trade. But who knows? Because the Minnesota Vikings have been pretty adamant that they don't want to trade him. Um, you know, that being said, if somebody th- this badly wants to be out and uh, doesn't feel like he's going to be a major part of the offense, then. Get the cap space and get a major asset, which would have to come back the Vikings' way. Uh, also, just real quick, um, it does sound like the Vikings are going to bring back um, Stephen Weatherly, possibly. But uh, Ben Gessling reports that there is uh, several teams interested. So we'll see what happens with Stephen Weatherly. He's been a, a good piece for them the last couple of years. All right, Sage Rosenfels, I want you to tell me from the other perspective. So we talked about what's next for the Vikings after signing Cousins, but is it a good idea? Cousins is your quarterback going forward. Can you win with Kirk Cousins? Should they have signed Kirk Cousins to this extension? For me, I was more of a play it a year and 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 let's play it out and uh you know if the vikings if he has a great year and the vikings win the super bowl you know they'll probably have to either overpay him next year or it's one of those situations where they might just have moved on and say you know what we i, I just don't see as i said i went through that list earlier of all the teams that won super bowls and they were pretty much good very very good to great quarterbacks and uh, they they've got the guys that really made their teams great and great enough to win the Super Bowl, and I haven't seen Kirk do that time and time again. They had a good season last year. They went 10-6. They, they, they had a really, really good team win uh, um, at the uh, at the Saints in, in the playoffs. That was a bit of a surprise. But, you know, they, they didn't go to the Super Bowl. They didn't uh, you know, make it to the championship game. And so, you know, he hasn't – the team hasn't gotten better in the two years that he had been here. And so I don't see them getting better – with possibly worse players as we go here, uh, you know, for the next couple of years after that. And I was, I think, in my mind a little bit, and I, I'm ho- almost hoping this team rebuild, tries to rebuild a little bit, and even, you know, maybe trade an Anthony Barr, try to get some draft picks and hit on those draft picks and start with the young quarterback and that sort of new thing that teams do where they get, they get a young guy who's really inexpensive mm-hmm. and they can build this really good team around him and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was sort of more lean to that as a you know future for the next you know two, three years for this, for this football team. You know, I am conflicted, Sage, because Kirk Cousins is coming off of a great year where he set his career high in passer rating and where he got them a playoff win and ranked in the top 10 by pro football focus. And usually if you have those things, you look at them and say, well, that's a quarterback that is worth investing in. We would say some of the same things about like a Dak Prescott. You would say, well, you know, he's not the best quarterback in the league and he hasn't taken his team to a Super Bowl, but you should invest because it's hard. Hard to find a quarterback that good, but uh, the uh, part of it that pulls you back the other direction is 
when he's been good and when he hasn't been good. And it's been pretty consistent over his career that the tougher the opponent, the harder it is for him to win the game. And he was really good at the end of the game against New Orleans, and he makes a great throw to uh, Kyle Rudolph and an amazing throw to Adam Thielen. He deserves all the credit for those plays and for that playoff win because he made that happen, and that's something he hadn't done before. But when we're talking about, wow, he won one playoff game in overtime um, in five years as a starter, it's pretty hard to look at it and say that's absolutely worth being a top three highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I, and I think it's because there's nothing if, that he does great. Is there anything he does great? I think the one thing he does great is play action when someone's open downfield. He's going to get him the ball. He he he's a, yeah he's a very I always say he's a very very good one of the best like seven on seven quarterbacks in this league where generally things are with rhythm, with timing. There's not an offensive line, defensive line, pass rush thing going on. There's not pressure. It's not the fourth quarter, and you have to have this throw, and and you have to maybe move around a little bit. He doesn't do those things. But as far as throwing the football, he that he is a, a really, really good, if not great, thrower. But other than that, I think that's why you watch what Russell Wilson does, and you watch what these guys, what Aaron Rodgers has done for a number of years, and these guys that I would consider great quarterbacks and see all the things that they do that go, wow, that is you know, what Pat Mahomes does. That is like some great football play. Does some, you know, Whether it's throws or whether it's moving around or just, just various skill sets, even Lamar Jackson, he's a great runner. He is. I mean, he is. An, I think he's a better runner than Vic in a lot of ways because he's like almost more elusive. Vic was just fast. Mm-hmm. So uh, Kirk doesn't really do anything great except for when everything around him is pretty much perfect. And that's that's where I, I think I struggle with the long term investment with him. And if you've only won two games in the regular season against winning teams in two full seasons as Vikings quarterback, it does make you question. Can you win four against really good teams to get to the Super Bowl or three to get to the Super Bowl, um, depending on your situation? That is really tough for me to believe. And when you come off last year where you had a great roster from top to bottom, when there's only one or two players on an entire team that we're talking about is struggling, like Pat Elfline and Xavier Rhodes, those are the only two guys, really, that didn't have excellent years last year. Out of the entire roster, um, Garrett Bradbury had his struggles, of course. The offensive line wasn't perfect, but even the tackle play was decent. They have two good tight ends, two great wide receivers, and you get 10 wins. And 10 wins is nice. But if you don't have all those things go right for you, if you aren't the healthiest team in the NFL, if you don't have the ninth easiest schedule in team history, how many games will you win with Cousins as your quarterback? The answer is usually eight or nine. And So is this one of those things where you sort of believe that Kirk has had, and again, I, I think Kirk's a good player, you know, and uh, I don't think he's a bad player by any means, but he has had great luck. In his career. Oh, yes. You know, yeah, it's out, a great situation. Playing yep. for what is now many consider the best or one of the best offensive minds in football in college, Shanahan. You know, Matt LaFleur's on the staff and Sean McVay's the tight ends coach. I mean, uh, and, and he played really well in that system. And then he is, you know, since then didn't do maybe as well in the John Gruden system, comes here and he basically gets that system again with all those pieces around him and a lot of good things around him. You know, you, you two. Great wide receivers, you know, two of the better receivers, you know, in the NFL now. Obviously, Dalvin Cook, uh, and, and now two quality tight ends. They had a lot of pieces around him last year, but still, they only could get to, 
to one playoff win and, and to ten regular season games. And a lot of those wins weren't because Kirk played great. He just sort of did his job within the system, hit the guys that were open, and uh, and they won those football games. And also, again, they, you know, had a pretty good defense, as they do almost every year, under Mike Zimmer. And so it, he's an interesting conversation to have, but he hasn't, and to me, always made his team much better than they actually are in the first place. And I guess I would ask, over the next three years, do you believe that you're going to have a better roster, a better situation, an easier schedule, and so forth, than you had over these last two years, where, again, he was good, and a Especially last season, he was very good. But, you know, he had the benefit of that October where he faced four of the worst defenses in the NFL and went absolutely crazy against them. And then you get to a playoff game where it's one of those tight games, those really tough battles where you're getting your butt kicked by the other team's defense. And a lot of times, great quarterbacks find a way. And with Patrick Mahomes, that's exactly what happened in the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo played well. San Francisco's defense was really good. And on third and 15, the guy makes a legendary play that sets them up to go on to win the Super Bowl. And you can't compare Kirk to Mahomes, but that's kind of the point. Because money is part of this. If it was just, is your quarterback good at football? Well, this would be a different conversation. It's, is your quarterback worth that much money? That percentage of the cap that you have to give him and what does he need to win the answer is he needs a lot and he's had a lot and he still has never won so that's where i hesitate and i think maybe it would have been a better idea to let him play it out and then see what happens because you look at right now the situation in the nfl there's all sorts of quarterbacks that are available and are out there is that never going to happen again i don't know i feel like it probably will is this is this a question of maybe the Vikings sort of like not knowing what their stripes are, you know, if they're like, you know what I mean? Like what, who are they? Like they're supposed to be, at least it seems like the, in theory, the plan is um, really good defense and, and a running game and grind out wins and uh, not high flying, you know, uh, passing attacks. Well, they were 20. So here's what I like. They're 24th in the league in passing yards last year, but they're paying top five or, or top six, uh, mm-hmm. you know, salary like that doesn't make any sense. You're getting less less bang for your buck, right? Right. If we can be 24th in the league in passing, you know, maybe we could have the 15th best or, or 18th or 20th best quarterback and still get that number. Uh, and a lot, by the way, in a great screen team last year. Let's add that to sort yes. of the conversation yes. of one of the best. In the you, you know what your job is as a quarterback in in, in uh, on screens? If he's open, throw it to him. If he's not, throw it in the dirt. Don't take a sack. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it on screens. Your job isn't to like read all this and do all that and blah blah blah. So you know those are parts of the offense that make can make the quarterback better than than who it is. And, and said so they had all these things around them. They're paying a high price dollar uh, for the twenty fourth best passing you know uh, team in the league. Right. And so when you go back just a couple years to two thousand seventeen, so we talked about how good the numbers were for Kirk Cousins this last year. But if you go back to 2017 and you look how Case Keenum, who is a pretty inferior talent to Cousins, with a similar system that Pat Shermer was running, a lot of play action, running the ball, Case Keenum ends up being ranked the ninth best quarterback in the NFL by Pro Football Focus and grading in the, the eighth in quarterback rating. So, and would you say that 2017 and the 2019 offenses, though different coordinators, had a similar flavor to them? Very much. Yes. Very much. Very right? much. 
a lot and of the, the same things. Have played maybe played better than who they actually are. I, I guess is over there both. You know, probably similar length careers, right? They probably came out around the same year. By the way, Case Keenum looks like possibly with uh, Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland as a backup quarterback. I like that move because you know Case is one of those guys that you know doesn't care who, and he knows Baker's a starter, but he'll push him every single day, and and if he gets a chance to get in there, he'll try to show him up. So I, I like uh, that that move by Kevin Stefanski. Oh, I do too. And if he, you know that if Baker gets hurt, um, Keenum can go in. So we'll just uh, let me just pause the Kirk conversation for now. Nothing new on Stefan Diggs yet, aside from him responding to someone saying something's going to happen. So we just wait and see on that. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of the other moves here because we're going to have all summer to talk about whether they made the right move on uh, on Kirk Cousins. So let's talk about uh, some of these others. Arizona Cardinals getting DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and a second round and a fourth round draft pick. Uh, the way that I've put this, Sage, is if a guy in your fantasy league makes a trade like this, your commissioner of the fantasy league steps in and says, no, 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 you can't make a trade that dumb. Like, that's not possible. That's where uh, a, maybe a guy and his 12-year-old son play fantasy together. And he's like, son, you just trade me DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, and it'll be fine, right? Uh, I can't believe this happened. I cannot believe well, you know what's someone would trade away DeAndre Hopkins. Is Bill O'Brien, they sort of don't have a GM there. There's all this sort of like, who's the GM, and somebody can has power right now, and I think Bill O'Brien sort of has power right now, uh, but you know that that's they've they traded for three running backs in the last eight months. The Houston <laughs> Texans. Not, I mean, that's insanity. They're also that, that, taking on a fairly big contract. I, I think uh, I think David Johnson's a fairly uh, strong contract, and then they give away DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I did see. I think it was Diane Rossini said something like. Uh, she had she had a sense on the sidelines last year. She probably knew actually the real information that Hopkins and Bill O'Brien did not like each other. They did not really get along or whatever it might be. And you know, you that's definitely something you'd be on the sidelines. You you see that that interaction during games. Sometimes the cameras catch and sometimes they don't. And and uh, so you know that's interesting. I tell you, the Arizona Cardinals, the NFC West, ooh. Yeah, see West this year. You know, uh, Arizona adding some players. Now they got two serious receivers for Kyler Murray, and and you know, just obviously the the Rams. I think will be you know good to to really good again, playoff caliber, and obviously the Seattle Seahawks and and the Forty ers Man, that is that division just getting better and better. I know that's a good thing that there's going to be seven teams in the playoffs next year, so three of them can get in. Um, you know, what division's getting worse, by the way. NFC, oh, the, te- the, the, the Jacksonville. Well, I was going to say the Jacksonville, AFC South. Yeah, I think Jacksonville is the dumpster fire, and then now the Texans. I feel like are getting worse. So it's like, man, that's uh, that division's not getting any better anytime soon. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. Uh, the Jaguars are tanking for sure, which I think is a great idea to get uh, Trevor Lawrence if they can. But uh, just I don't know what the Texans think they're doing here. Last year they make an all-in move to trade for Laramie Tunsil, and then. If Bill O'Brien doesn't get along with DeAndre Hopkins and I own the team, like let's find a new coach then. <laughs> let's find yeah. it. because you can't replace a DeAndre Hopkins. Now, if they had gotten a first round pick for it and it was a high first round pick in this receiver draft, I might have said, "Okay, draft CD Lamb or Jerry Judy then and you'll probably be all right." But this is a special player that they're giving away and I just feel bad for Deshaun Watson. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch in the NFL and now he's got no one to throw to except for an oft injured Will Fuller. Yeah, that's uh, just a just – and I like David Johnson as a running back. I think he's good. I think he's got a fairly 
large contract and you know it's like a rudderless ship over there uh, or should say down there in houston yeah that's right i'm not sure what's going on these are that sort of shocked twitter this morning people just could not believe uh that 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 would happen is to one it was like wow they added david johnson they trade for another running back and he's got a high salary and it's like oh they and they it was for deandre hopkins like it was like there was like a second wave of surprise as that news broke this morning, I think that that's a pretty shocking move. But this this temporary or this tampering period or whatever for two days, uh, it's it's been interesting, and I bet you these are not the last moves that are going to happen before actual free agency starts on Wednesday. So Ed Werder says the Bears have turned their focus to Andy Dalton and Nick Foles rather than Teddy Bridgewater, which was reported earlier today. Uh, to me, you've got to do better than that if you're going to be a legitimate contender for the Bears. We have seen Andy Dalton and Nick Foles both flash very good seasons in their career when everything was perfect, when they had A.J. Green or Alshon Jeffrey in his prime and great offenses. But I don't think that they would be stepping into a great offense with the Chicago Bears. And to me, if they have Dalton or Foles, it's not that different than if they have Trubisky. Yeah, that's uh, that. what the Bears are doing. I don't know. I, I, you definitely need some competition, uh, Trubisky in Chicago. They need to do something there because the fans, they're just... If Trubisky would play bad week one, uh, you know they would just boo Nagy right out of that job. So mm-hmm. they have to yeah. bring in some sort of competition, and there's only going to be so many guys available. Uh, they are sort of lucky to still have a fairly low salary cap number uh, for Trubisky, but they're going to decide to now you know allocate some some real funds to try to upgrade that position or at least have competition. So uh, you know Nick Foles is always an interesting guy for me. That you know when a guy can get hot, it's like Eli Manning. He was a guy that was you know sort of an average quarterback for a lot of his career in a sense of regular season stuff. But, man, they, when he got hot, it was really, really special. Nick Foles has that, too. He has got that ability to just to play loose and, and make things happen. He could be an interesting guy. Uh, and I've got a lot of experience and been a lot of the league for a lot that, that would maybe have a better stranglehold of a, of a true uh, pocket-passing offense, which is that Chicago Bears-Matt Nagy attack. Yeah, and I think that um, Teddy Bridgewater is actually really good for them because he is the perfect – high-end game manager. Your high-end game manager can win a lot of football games by not turning the ball over, making some big-time throws on third down, taking off and running to get a first down, keeping drives going, keeping the ball in your hands. Those are things that Bridgewater has done extremely well when he's been a quarterback, um, a starting quarterback for either the Vikings or last year with the Saints, where even when it wasn't a high-scoring game, he still found a way to win. And the Bears kind of need that. They've uh, got a lot of defense, uh, defensive talent left. They're going to be really good on that side of the ball still. Um, so if they have a quarterback who's just reasonably decent and can move the football and isn't overthrowing guys by 15 yards and making really bad decisions and and so forth, then I think that they can win games. But if it's Foles and he plays like he did last year in Jacksonville because there aren't that many weapons for him, or if it's Dalton who's played like he recently has with the Bengals, I think you're looking at like, you know, seven and nine or, or eight and eight. Well, you know, listen, Nagy's supposed to be this offensive guru, and, you know, if you're if you're that good of an offensive coach, no matter who you have at quarterback, you shouldn't be uh, 29th in the league in scoring, which is what they right. were, 17.5 points a game. So uh, I think some of this is on Nagy. I did hear, again, another thing coming from the Combine, that Chicago, they fully anticipate doing less shotgun next year and more bootleg and play-action stuff because the numbers that they had this year for when he actually did that – 
jumped out on the page as they were break, doing the sort of the offseason uh, you know, breakdown of what he should and should not be doing. So I, I can see that Chicago Bears being a little bit more traditional next year, which I think would be good for uh, you know, good for Mitchell Trubisky. I do have some breaking Vikings news. If you uh, want to play a Vikings breaking news sounder or just whatever kind of... There you go. Um, they have re-signed Hunter Britton Colquitt. So... Yes, yes. He had a great year. He really did. PFF had him as their fourth best punter and great holder. And you know, I mean, the this value is the NFL, that. right? We, we, we trade for a, a punter kicker combo. Fifth rounder doesn't work out, and the punter comes in. Uh, we got for, uh, for, you know, a great deal, I, I, if I would believe, and, and uh, had a great year, and now they resigned him. Yeah. So that's like the life of a kicker and punter. So it's interesting. Sometimes they just they have a couple bad games at the wrong moments or whatever, and they got to get out of a certain team, and, and other teams can pick them up, and it gives them a little, bit, little extra motivation and end up having some you know, a great career after that. I mean, Matt Bryant bounced the kicker for the Falcons for a long time, bounced around the league, you know, here and there, and, and, uh, and then had a you know, crazy long career. Sometimes that's the, the thing that happens with these kickers and punters. Okay, so uh, other than that, we're kind of like settling in right now and waiting to see if anything does happen with Stefan Diggs. So why don't you take the last couple of minutes here, Sage, and give sort of your final thought on day one here. you got Anthony Harris, C.J. Ham comes back, Cousin signs an extension. I mean, it's been kind of a crazy day. So your final thought for now, and then we'll get together again on Wednesday. Well, I think that the Vikings believe that Cousins has a, can win them a Super Bowl. I don't think they would have signed him to an extension if they didn't think that was the case. And uh, and also I think that it does, on top of it, it helps make that possible by creating some more salary cap space now to win Super Bowl next year uh, by possibly signing a guy like Anthony Harris. I, I think the Vikings can and will and, and can and should and will uh, be – pretty active here with some various things going on i think there might be some trades one or two of them uh to try to get maybe some draft picks or something like that i they, they need some some corners and we'll go see how this draft goes but uh it's it's off to a very interesting start and the, the vikings are right in the middle of it making some moves early and it's given us a little bit of a blueprint for maybe how things might go down the, down the road it also seems sage that uh it, in terms of tom brady there's no answer just yet to where he's going but we're sort of whittling it down now that uh, Tannehill's coming back to tennessee and the chargers and tampa bay and the patriots are still all in play i think if you're teddy bridgewater you just wait if the bears aren't going to bring you in then you just wait and see Whoever he doesn't go to, because it seems like Philip Rivers is earmarked for Indianapolis. So whichever one of those teams that Brady does not go to, then you sign with. If if he leaves the Patriots, then Bridgewater should be calling Bill Belichick and saying, "Let me be your quarterback." I, I think he ends up being in a very good situation here. Well, because there's going to be some teams that are, we think are going to draft a quarterback, but they may not get them. Also, you know, I know it's further down the line and everything, but there's some interesting you know things going on. I I like Teddy Bridgewater. Out with the uh, the L.A. Chargers, I think that would be an interesting uh, you know move for for everybody. I think you know people love that Teddy is one. He's a super likable guy. You know they're sort of starting over over there if they get that stadium built. By the way, I heard a report today they may have to stop construction of the stadium because Oof. of the the coronavirus thing. So it puts you know puts all sorts of uh, wrinkles in into to our country. So anyway, um, 
we'll see where Teddy goes. I think you know, all Vikings fans, most Vikings fans are rooting for him. Hope he gets that big payday, and, and I hope wherever he goes he plays well because uh, he is uh, he's definitely earned that, and it's nice to see him hopefully get this big contract. Yep, we will uh, keep our eyes continuing on Twitter. Coming up next, uh, Sam Monson for Pro Football Focus will join us to break down Cousins' contract and whether he thinks it's a good idea for the Vikings. Sage, as always, great to catch up with you, and you stay safe out there, my friend, and we'll talk on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm only going outside to ride my bike or go for a walk. That's about it. I'm I'm hanging out. I'm going to be grinding the tape. And, That's right. Grind and, the tape. Uh, Sage grinds the tape. It's coming look, back. Looking forward to our show on Wednesday. <laughs> All right. That's the one disappointment, by the way, is that now quarterbacks in the draft a little bit off the table for us. A little bit. We could still have some fun, but it doesn't feel the same. If they didn't well, have a contract extension for them, we'd be pounding the table. I know. I was. I, we were wondering what they're going to do, or, or who is going to be like the fifth rounder. They're going to try to get look, sort of a diamond in the rough because they wanted to use those high draft picks on on guys who were going to you know start other positions right off the bat. So yep. yeah, it looks like we won't be talking too much of these quarterbacks, at least these top ones. Maybe we'll have a, a show. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about you know the guys that are going to be more of a low-round draft pick, so I think they would, would work well in the Viking system. And you're going to have to learn to grind left tackle tape. So I will uh, talk to you on Wednesday, and I will expect that, a full draft analysis on left tackles. Uh, thanks for your time, Sage, as always. Sounds good. All right, Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus comes back. Every time we take a break, I'm like, is this when something's going to happen with Stephon Diggs? I don't know, but you should keep listening to our shows. So we'll be right back here on Score North. If you're set to spend more time at home than in your car over the next several days, you can still listen to Score North three different ways. The free Score North app on your phone or tablet, scorenorth.com, or just by saying, Alexa, open Score North. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Back here on Purple Daily. No, during the break, Stefan Diggs did not get traded. So we continue Diggs' watch. I feel like not having Manny in today was a mistake because Manny could have given us one of those big voice Diggs' watch type of thing. So I'll try to do it every time he tweets someone something or favorites something or whatever else. But he tweeted the word something's going to happen. So we wait on Stefan Diggs. The, he is the best Twitter tease there is out there today. To discuss, though, Kirk Cousins' contract extension with us from Pro Football Focus, Sam Monson. What's up, Sam? Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's crazy. I feel like I am just sort of uh, been hit with a tsunami of football, which is wonderful, but is also like, all right, where do I start? So let's begin with just, is it a good idea to sign Kirk Cousins to a contract extension that takes him through 2022? Um, I, it's tough, right? Because they basically like the deal they signed the first time around so much that they've just signed up to a second go round of it, which is effectively what they've done. They've, you know, they've added an extra year of guaranteed third year. That's really going to be guaranteed. Um, almost certainly. So it's effectively going to be another three years of guaranteed money. But the problem is the roster isn't what it used to be. Um, you know, the original deal was you take, giving Kirk Cousins a lot of money guaranteed because you thought you were just a quarterback away given the state of the roster. Now the roster is so much worse, you're only a Kirk Cousins away if Kirk Cousins becomes something dramatically different to what we've seen so far. And I asked um, Mike Zimmer at the Combine how 
he could sustain this level of play from this year because he did have a very, very good year overall. There were still a lot of Kirk Coaster moments, um, the most notable coming in Week 16 against the Green Bay Packers and then in the playoffs against the 49ers, uh, though I'm not sure many quarterbacks would have had a great day considering how much they got blasted on the defensive side. But, um, you know, I guess the way I look at it, Sam, is just from an odds perspective. Like, what are the odds that you can build a roster back up good enough, especially on the defense? defensive side now, but even on the offensive line and add more weapons, um, what are the odds that you can actually reach the Super Bowl, even if you do that within the next three years? And I think that this year tells us that those odds are extremely low, because he won 10 games, but the team was fully healthy, they had a pretty easy schedule, and for the most part, aside from in New Orleans, did not come through in the games that could have gotten them to be a 13-3 and type of team, which you usually need to be to get all the way. So if you're not going to have as good of a roster, and you think that you're just, oh, okay, we need to add an offensive lineman, protect him a little more away from being what? Being how much better? It's it's just, I, I have a tough time making the math work, Sam. Yeah, and the funny thing is, if you take out both Green Bay games, so obviously you can't do that, but if you remove the Packers from the equation, Cousins was the best-graded quarterback in the NFL last (laughs) season in terms of PFF grades. So Cousins was legitimately as good as you could possibly have expected him to be last year, and it still wasn't close to being good enough because everything around him has gotten worse. You know, you, you look at the 49ers game as a good example, that's what happens when you run into a team that is a Super Bowl and the NFL is now stacked full of those teams there's either a bunch of teams like the 49ers that have a championship caliber roster or there's teams like the Chiefs who have a quarterback that is so much better than Kirk Cousins that they don't need a championship caliber roster either way those are the teams you need Kirk Cousins to get past if he's going to be worth this contract and given what's around him now, I just don't see that he's capable of getting to that level. Yeah. So that's sort of the question. Number one is, is it a good move? And I think most Vikings fans go, "Eh," but you know what it does in my mind is it sort of solidifies where the floor is. You're probably not going to go three and 13 with Kirk cousins. You'll go seven and nine or eight and eight. We've already seen that in Washington when his team started to, corrode a little bit they went seven and nine and he had his worst year well if you trade away Stefan Diggs which we'll see and your defense falls apart you're probably looking at eight and eight so then my question would be well what's next then so you've already done it we've debated it a million times is a good, good idea and most of us come to probably not the best idea in the world but now that you've done it now what is the next move for them or moves to get to the point where you could be a contender with Kirk Cousins yeah, and I think they've been making a few of those today with the, the re-signings and keeping some of their own players in the building. I, I think the most interesting of which was Fran, or tagging Anthony Harris, which I didn't expect them to do, but I think is actually a shrewd move because, you know, the cornerback situation is miserable right now. And it's, you know, it was pretty miserable a year ago. And one of the reasons it didn't cost them too badly was because Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith and Eric Hendricks all three of them had excellent seasons. And you can kind of paper over some of the deficiencies at cornerback if your linebackers and safeties are playing out of their minds in terms of coverage. Obviously, that wouldn't or would be very unlikely to happen again if you let one of those guys walk out of the building. So keeping him around, I think, is a smart move in terms of trying. But cornerback is still a significant problem. 
Right. And so, you know, there's only so much money they have to spend with cap room left. They just signed their punter to a $3 million a year deal, which he was a very good punter last year. But now they have $7 million a year spent on their fullback and punter. So I've got to feel like there's another shoe to drop here. And Stefan Diggs, Sam, is certainly making it seem like he's going to be that shoe. It would create some cap space. They could probably get a, a fairly high draft pick or a good player. But I just cannot get myself to a place where that's a good idea, that you just signed Kirk Cousins to huge dollars and then you're going to take his number one wide receiver, who proved last year that even without Adam Thielen, he could still be great, and you're going to ship him off somewhere else. That, to me, is not doing everything you can for your quarterback. No, I, I have a hard time finding a scenario whereby that makes you better. You know, I understand that you can look at silver linings to it in terms of potentially freeing up some space, although it's not much. I, I just don't think that there's any way you end up a better team at, at the back end of that, even if you end up replacing Stefan Diggs with a first-round draft pick who becomes a wide receiver. The chance of that guy being any better than Stefan Diggs are pretty minimal. So, yeah, you know, Stefan Diggs is a good player. You have him in the building at a good rate, and you need to do everything possible to maximize the talent around your quarterback that would be keeping Stephon Diggs in Minnesota. And you know, Sam, there's also this question, if you trade away Diggs but sign Cousins and maybe you sign Delvin Cook back, of of what do, what do they think their timeline is? What Do they think that 2020 is going to be their year? When I'm looking around the NFC and seeing a lot of competition, the NFC West has two teams and maybe after today three teams that you would be a little more excited about than where the Vikings are right now. So I, I guess I just... Would love to really know how much the pressure on the general manager and the head coach could be impacting the moves that they make here, or or if they see 2021 as when they could start competing again, reloading the cupboard. It's almost like 2017 shaded everything in such a weird way for them that they thought we have to be all in, all in, all in, because we need to get back to that 2017 level. But 2017 was kind of a mirage, and it just feels like we've been doing this this thing where they make these big, bold moves all the time, and they're spending cash all the time, but really not getting much farther um, than where they've been the last two years, I guess. Yeah, and it's hard to go from a spot where you were genuinely a Super Bowl contending team that was very close to making it to that big dance and recognizing that you need to start over again and you need to rebuild and blow it all up and you know take, take another run at this thing from the ground up. But at some point that needs to happen or you need to have one of those off-seasons where you basically nail every single personnel decision you make you know, because they don't have a ton of cap space and they don't have all the draft picks in the world, they basically need to get every decision right from a talent acquisition standpoint. And no matter what team you are, that's difficult to do. I was going to ask you, Sam, about that because I posted on our website um, a lot based on Pro Football Focus's amazing free agent tracker, which I greatly appreciate. Um, bargain deals, guys that you know they might be able to get for a decent dollar. And already Shaq Lawson got way overpaid, so maybe I shouldn't have included him in that. But... Uh, is are, are there some players at positions the Vikings need, which you could pretty much just throw a dart and hit a position the Vikings need, um, that you see as it would be a shrewd, sort of savvy, like players that they should go after or positions that are strong in free agency that could fill spots now but not get them in trouble with the salary cap later? 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of this is trying to anticipate what the NFL or what certain NFL teams think about guys. And no matter how under the radar you think a guy is, somebody thinks he's worth a fortune and throws money at him. So it's tough from that point of view. I've always thought that Brashad Perriman could make a really intriguing um, free agent addition to somebody because this is a guy that was a former first-round pick that showed at the back end of last season that he does still have that talent there. He can be a quality impact playmaker and would fit alongside Thielen and Diggs uh, and give Kirk Cousins really one of the best sets of weaponry in the NFL and shouldn't break the bank. And then a cornerback, you know, I think they need to address that somewhere. And it's not a great group of free agent cornerbacks, but there's a ton of talent that have sort of that had good seasons in the past. And I think you just need to gamble on one of them being able to put that together again in 2020 and beyond. Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus joining us here on the show. Well, it's going to be a fascinating period to see even how they create some more space, whether it's moving on from Riley Reef, moving on from Stefan Diggs, because they do have to find those bargain types of deals. Let me ask you before you go, Sam, I'm sure you keep your eyes on Teddy Bridgewater, and I know that uh, you wrote a piece in the offseason, I think that was you, about uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So... Uh, it's looking like Chicago doesn't necessarily want them, that they might go another direction. So you've got Tampa Bay, the Chargers still need a quarterback, the Colts still need a quarterback. Uh, who should be Teddy Bridgewater be calling and bothering the most about their quarterback spot? I've been saying for a long time that I think Teddy Bridgewater to New England makes a ton of sense. You know, I think the Patriots are heading for this divorce with Tom Brady, and I think if you look at the alternative options, I think Teddy Bridgewater would steer the ship extremely well in New England, given all that's around him. They're going to need to repair the receiving core, whoever the quarterback is. So they should be investing in that anyway. And I think Bridgewater could lead that offense extremely effectively. Do you think that Tampa Bay would change what they do around Bridgewater or is Bruce Arians going to run Bruce Arians offense forever? Cause that would determine for me how good of a fit that might be. Yeah, I don't think Bruce Arians is changing his offense for anybody, and that's why they're in such a weird spot this offseason because he doesn't seem to want Jameis Winston, who's basically the only fit for that offense, and everybody else that they're linked to seems to be a a terrible mesh with that offense, Mm -hmm. whether it's Tom Brady, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater. Nobody else fits in that offense except Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, if they could convince the Panthers to trade him within the division, which seems unlikely. But there aren't that many people that fit that offense and Jameis is one of them. Sam Monson, the PFF NFL show, he and Steve Palazzolo, a great podcast and uh, the lead NFL analyst for uh, PFF. Always great to have you on on a very, very busy day, Sam. And uh, we may call you again if they trade Stefan Diggs. We may need to get you back on here for analysis if that happens. Sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sam. Take it easy. Sam Monson there. Um, I know that uh, Sam has always followed the Vikings closely, which is why we have him on the show so often, even going back years. And I really was fascinated to find his perspective on Kirk Cousins because last year, after 2018, he defended Cousins quite a bit on the PFF NFL show, which I listen to all the time, their podcast. You know, when he talked about Cousins not having a good enough pass protection and an offense that didn't fit particularly well. And then last year, he has a a legitimately great season, but I think everybody came away with the same feeling, that if everything aligns for you, 
as the Vikings quarterback. You have Stephon Diggs has a great year. Your offense is perfectly designed for you with lots of play actions. Your running game is tremendous. Your defense is not perfect, but still finishes top five in the NFL. And you get your star receiver back in the playoffs. And the result is a playoff win and then a very, very poor playoff performance in San Francisco, which I know is against the team that went to the Super Bowl and crushed the Packers after that. But nonetheless, you were supposed to be the team that was crushing somebody else to go to the NFC Championship game. Like That was the expectation that you set. And then you say, okay, well, it can be better than this. That's the only reason that you sign Kirk Cousins to a contract extension is if you believe that it can someday be better than what it was last year, unless you think that 10 games and one playoff win is good enough. And I don't know why you would think that if you were the Vikings and you're coming off of a 2017 season where you were in the NFC Championship, you would not say to yourself, well, this is good enough. But it really tells you, do they see Kirk Cousins as having hit his ceiling or just gotten started in his 30s here and still ceiling to go? One of those things is kind of harder to argue than the other one, right? So I think it's a lot easier to argue that the 2019 season was the best Kirk Cousins you're ever going to see, that's easier to argue than, no, no, there's a better Kirk Cousins to come down the road. They could continue to load up on the offensive side, but not if they trade Stephon Diggs, which seems like that is percolating out there. Who knows whether it happens or if it's just Diggs being Diggs on Twitter, but his response to someone saying something's going to happen um, certainly makes you think that this time, it could be different. So then what's your answer after that? Because that significantly harms the supporting cast for Kirk Cousins if you trade away Stephon Diggs. Even if you get somebody else, that other player would have to be outstanding. They'd have to be a top 15 receiver. Or if you draft someone in the first round at 25 who's a receiver, well, that's taking away from another position that you would have to draft to be better anyway. So... It puts them in a really tough position if they do that to argue that Cousins can be better at least right away in 2020. And down the road, even it's just hard to say. Like, is Delvin Cook going to continue to play this well if they sign him to a contract extension? I saw Todd Gurley is a guy that's being talked about for trades today. And Devontae Freeman got released because they couldn't trade him. And so running back contracts don't always work out. Uh, You are building an offensive line that's better, but certainly no guarantees that it becomes a great offensive line just because you draft someone with the 25th overall pick. The math is just hard to make work where you say if Kirk Cousins is as good as he was last year or slightly worse, can you reach the Super Bowl? And it's a hard thing to see. And that's why... So many people on Ventline earlier today, so many people in my email, which I'll get back to you all eventually, um, people on Twitter have tweeted like, yeah, okay, this makes us a fairly decent contender over the next few years, but can we really get there? And you have to wonder that if this wasn't a general manager in a front office and a head coach who had been here for five years, if they were just starting, is it five years, six, this is year six, right? 14, whatever. A long time. Six, yeah. Six. Okay. So a long time, if they hadn't been here for a long time and hadn't faced a lot of pressure, including 
Last year, a lot of articles came out and there were rumors that Zimmer could be traded to Dallas or that they could make wholesale changes if they lost to the New Orleans Saints. So there's a a lot of pressure on a head coach in a front office. And when you're in that type of situation, the devil you know is probably better than the devil you know because the devil you don't get you fired. If you draft somebody this year with the 25th overall pick, let's say it's Jordan Love, And you bring him in behind Kirk, and your whole plan is to turn things over to Jordan Love. And then he's not good. Then what do you do? Then you you give him the ball anyway and hope he turns into Patrick Mahomes, but then if he struggles in 2021, you're fired. I mean, that's just how it ends up going in the NFL, that there's so much pressure that you wonder if it was a new general manager and a new head coach, if they would have come in here and assessed this with completely fresh eyes, if they would have said, oh yeah, definitely lock in Kirk Cousins for three years, or if they would have said, let's play this out and see what our options are next year. See if somebody else ends up on the market that we don't expect. See if there's another quarterback we want to draft. And we got to rebuild this, 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 and this on the defensive side in order to be a contender. When you believe that from the ownership on down through the front office and coach, when you believe you're a contender when you're not, that's when you make a lot of mistakes. And the move that they are now sort of being laughed at about, or at least yesterday, trading for Corey Vedvik, a fifth-round pick, and then the Ravens turn around and get Calais Campbell, who's a pro bowler, for that same pick, it, it, it reminds you of how desperate they felt last year to even make that move. And I'm not saying that signing Cousins is desperation. He's a very, very good quarterback. You can justify it easily that he certainly sets you up to give you a chance to be there every year that he is your quarterback. But when you try to make it work for him to set you up to be in the Super Bowl conversation, that's a much harder argument to make, especially when you're going to be paying him somewhere between 15 and 20% of the salary cap over the next few years. I don't have all the details yet. We'll get them as the next couple of days, you know, they come out with the exact breakdown and year by year cap hit and things like that. But that's the question that I'm asking. I'm not saying that they cannot be successful with uh, Kirk Cousins under center. They can. There's a path to do that. And it's going to take, like Sam said, shrewd moves and free agency signings that hit, a draft that ends up being a home run. I mean, you need a lot of things to go right in order to just be competitive next year at all, I think, in the NFC North. And then even more to go right in order to be a Super Bowl contender. Your schedule um, is not that hard. Honestly, you have the AFC South, I think. So, I mean, that should help you out. I, I don't think that the Vikings are going 4-12 and or something next year because they signed Cousins and they've brought back Anthony Harris for now and, and so forth. It's just, what's the goal? Is the goal to try to keep your job year in and year out as a general manager and as a head coach, and make sure that you're in contention? Is it going to start feeling like the 90s, where they just kept getting to the playoffs and nothing really happening until finally Randall Cunningham and Randy Moss came along? And and what does it take to get there? It really takes home run draft picks and really savvy signings. And home run draft picks are hard at 25th overall. Uh, Courtney Cronin's going to be coming up in a couple minutes. I wanted to run through with you the options that the Vikings have for Anthony Harris, because... I don't want to say that Anthony Harris is back with the Vikings because we'll see. 
Um, so the first option that the Vikings have after franchise tagging Anthony Harris is to give him a contract extension. And if you look at what they did with Anthony Barr, giving him a five-year deal last year for $67 million, but his cap hit last year was only 5.6. And now that there's going to be a 17-game season and the salary cap's going to shoot up in either 2021 or 2022 whenever they decide to start it, uh, you can kick things down the road even more than the Vikings already have. So if the Vikings signed Anthony Harris to a five-year, $70 million contract, we would all go, what? That's crazy. How are they going to afford him? But then two years from now, the cap shoots up, and all of a sudden the contract doesn't look bad. You could set it up so he's got a pretty manageable salary cap hit for the first year. So you could do that if you want to, extend Anthony Harris. Your other option would be to trade Anthony Harris, where you look to get a draft pick back, maybe another player who's got some potential and that you don't have to pay a whole heck of a lot of money. How good of a draft pick you're going to get for somebody that other teams feel like you have to trade, that's hard to say. Maybe you get a second, though. If you got a second-round pick for Anthony Harris, I think you'd be in really good shape in this type of draft and with all the needs that you have. So you could trade Anthony Harris if you feel like you can't sign him to a contract extension because he's too expensive. And then the crazy one that uh, Eric Eager brought up on the show last week is to trade Harrison Smith. And that's the idea that would have, I think, most Vikings fans um, crawling to the highest building and wanting to jump off if the Vikings were talking about trading Harrison Smith. But he's 31 years old, and he has a very big cap hit, over $10 million. You could save $8 million by moving him, and you're probably getting a first-round pick in return. DeForest Buckner, by the way, was just traded to the Colts for a first-round pick. So would someone give a first-round pick for Harrison Smith? The answer is probably because he's still a great player in his prime and for other teams that aren't cash-strapped has a manageable cap hit. So lots of options for Anthony Harris. I don't know which way they go. If I had to bet, I would guess they try to sign him to a contract extension because that's what this team does. Uh, All right, keeping our eye on anything new with Stephon Diggs, nothing so far. Uh, also, if you missed it, C.J. Ham signed a four-year contract. So, of course, um, lots of uh, you know featuring the fullback we'll be talking about next year, as always. So, uh, Courtney Cronin will come on next. She has done some reporting on this Kirk Cousins contract, so we'll get some of the details there and her thoughts on what's next for the Vikings. When we return, you're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. The Score North Spring Auction is underway with great items up for grab on home improvement, family fun, hunting, lodging, and more. To view all the items and place your bid, visit scorenorth.com, keyword auction. Jonathan here with the Score North download. If you're set to spend more time at home than in your car over the next several days, you can still listen to Score North three different ways. The free Score North app on your phone or tablet scorenorth.com or just by saying Alexa open score north over at scorenorth.com it is the opening of well currently right now it's the opening of the legal tampering period in the NFL and Matthew Collar and Judd Zolget have you completely covered on all things Vikings pending free agency over at scorenorth.com Matthew Collar's got his instant reaction to the Kirk Cousins deal Judd Zolgad's got an article up based on the latest Stefan Diggs tweet saying it's time for a new beginning and his latest one saying that there's something coming down here. And then uh, Matthew Collar also has 
notes on the Anthony Harris franchise tag and CJ Ham's deal, as well as a list of 40 affordable free agents. All that is over for free over at the scorenorth.com right now. That's been your Score North Download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you very much, Jonathan. So much going on today, and I keep going to Stefan Diggs' Twitter page, and I keep clicking just to see if he's responded to anyone else. So far, nothing. So we will keep you updated. Jay Glazer on Colin Cowherd's show apparently hinted at a big trade with someone, but we don't know what yet, so stay tuned is all I can tell you. Now joining the show, as uh, she does so often, ESPN's Courtney Cronin. What's up, Courtney? You know, just uh, keeping myself socially distanced while I am more than non-distancing myself from the Vikings and free agency. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. I was trying to make a, I, I guess the way that I've uh, put it to people is like, yeah, I mean, this social distancing is super hard. I generally go out and do exciting things, but now I guess I'll just watch 90s football games on YouTube. You hate to see it. Um, but, uh, Courtney, no shortage of things from the moment I woke up this morning and checked Twitter to right now. Uh, it's just been like a hamster wheel of football inside of my brain. So where do you want to start? Let's uh, begin with Cousins. Ex- cousins? Yeah, let's start with Cousins Extension. So you've got lots of details on it. And one question Sage Rosenfels asked me, and I will ask to you, is, is it are we locked in? I mean, is it 100% chance that Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings for the next three seasons? Well, I think that you have to look at it from where the guarantees are. Because I was trying to figure that out myself um, and just knowing what, you know, what, what's presented here. So, you know, two years, the new two years have $66 million on the deal, a total of 96 if you include the stuff that he's owed in 2020, and $61 million guaranteed signing. So it makes the whole deal, to my understanding, practically guaranteed because they're not going to cut him after one season and pay him $61 million. Like, if they're, but I do think that since there is a no, there is no, no trade clause in this new deal. So I would assume that that means beyond the 2020 season for 21 and 22, that that would be available to the Vikings to use should they want to. Um, it would make sense to think that there is a window for him to not be on the Vikings because it would be not nearly as like complicated and convoluted as all of the scenarios that we've drummed up on this show um, for the last few weeks about how he would, you know, what would be appealing to him to waive his no trade clause and go from there. So it sounds like that would be 2021 and 2022, where if there was a need to trade him, it would be possible. But by all means, I feel like they have an out, um, you know, not until 2023, which at that point, the, you know, if you look at what the transition tag could potentially be, would be very expensive. Um, you know, and that's why with his cap hits, the way that they're structured, if he does well again this season, I feel like the Vikings are going to go back to the negotiation table 365 days from now or so and try to get another extension done hmm. because every, you know, the way that the guarantees have been structured just lead me to believe that, um, you know, it's just I don't see another way for them to get around having to pay him as much as they've guaranteed him. I mean, his agent has done excellent work here um, to be able to basically get another fully guaranteed deal. And it won't be touted as such because, 
you know, with the extension and, and it's 61 guaranteed signing, but effectively it is that because you're not going to cut him after this year with $61 million guaranteed to him that you're paying him. It's just not going to happen. Right. Uh, no, it's interesting because you and I were talking yesterday about Cousins' approach to this, and we both felt like he wouldn't be nuts if he decided to let this thing play out and just wait until Prescott got a deal and Mahomes got a deal and wait to see what um, you know the 17 game you know season when they're going to put that in place and everything else he could have waited why do you think he decided to do it now well I do believe that they were planning like I have reported um, you know there had been offers numbers that the Vikings brought to the to the table, to the negotiation table over the last few weeks. They had been working on this since before the combine. It was their top priority because they knew, A, it provides you a little bit more stability going forward. B, it gives you salary cap relief. And, and depending upon which way you want to order both of those, uh, whether you're saying salary cap relief is more important, you'd probably be aligning with certain people in the organization. Um, so, I just don't think that the deals that were presented to Kirk before had enough guarantees. That's just what I think, I, you know, from everything I can infer, that's where it stood. Um, because he was initially offered, to my understanding, from my sources, was uh, the first offer was more than two years. Like, I mean, the one that he settled on is another short-term deal, which, you know, his agent, Mike McCartney, has been excellent at getting these short-term deals, kind of like the way Revis uh, did many years ago. Um mm-hmm working on on short-term deals, on, full, on mostly to all fully guaranteed contracts. I mean, the guy is going to have played seven years of his career as a starter on fully guaranteed deals when you look at the two franchise tags and back-to-back seasons in 16 and 17, and then the three-year deal in Minnesota, and now this additional two years. Um, that's pretty impressive, and that's pretty unprecedented. It's weird to me that none of the league followed suit with what Kirk uh, had fought for with the fully guaranteed deal, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fully funded rule, or really the funding rule uh, that the NFL has not gotten rid of, and it's antiquated because you have to put so much into escrow, and it gets complicated. But nonetheless, um, you know, can you call it a team-friendly deal? In a way, yes, because he created cap. You know, getting that extension done was huge for them in order to get the cap space they needed to create ten million in savings and then have his new deal um, go into effect before they could, you know, franchise tag Anthony Harris, which was certainly a surprise to us this morning, and other moves that they may make down the line. I mean, even in the last few hours, they've gotten Britton Colquitt done. They've uh, tendered Eric Wilson at the second round level. Um, they've had money to do things like that. And now it's like, well, what's, what's next? Um, and I think that Rami and I were talking about this last week on the show, the timing for a Dalvin Cook extension. To me, that's where my eyes are going as far as thinking, okay, this team is in win-now mode. It still believes it is, which is why you give Kirk Cousins the type of deal that you did. Because if you didn't think that, you wouldn't have, A, you probably wouldn't have been extended him, and B, it would have been a lot less in guaranteed money, so you could cut ties much sooner um, and for less penalty. But I feel like we're close to seeing a Alvin Cook extension at some point because you're not going to be able to win without him, and if you still are in all-in mode right now, you want to get him locked up and make sure he's there and not risk a holdout. Okay, so that's part of the what's next answer, but if you sign... Cook, it doesn't make a huge impact in 2020 in terms of the cap hit, but what about 
just the very small amount of money that they have to work with right now and Anthony Harris. I mean, it, do you look at this as they are going to do everything they can with whatever cap space they can make to be really good in 2020 or as best as they absolutely can in 2020? Or do you think that they do something like cut Riley Reef and draft the left tackle and put him in there? And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, you know, last year they started, or, or 2018, they started with Rashad Hill as their tackle before Brian O'Neill had to go in. Uh, and then he played really well after that. But I mean, I feel like if you're going into it with three or four rookie starters, then you're not really saying we're a 2020 Super Bowl contender. We're more of a 2021 Super Bowl contender. Or will they fill all of those spots with bargain free agents and try to be the best they absolutely can be, even if some of those contracts are questionable? Well, I mean, let's start with Anthony Harris because there's a lot to unpack there. Honestly, I mean, I think their trade doesn't feel like it's that far off. I mean, I don't know how they can carry two salaries and safety with two cap hits. I mean, Harrison Smith is north of $10 million. Anthony Harris, because it's a full guaranteed franchise tag, uh, you know, his cap number is that number. It's 11.441. Um, that's a lot of money. So, to me, that gives them nice leverage. Unless Mike Zimmer had a total change of heart from what he said at the Combine a few weeks ago where he was saying it's, safety isn't really the priority on defense, Um and maybe they can tag and trade. They can trade Anthony Harris and get tagged in and figure, you know, what's going on from there. So I, I would think that's something that you should definitely look at, unless they can work out a long-term deal and lower that number in the summertime, depending upon what our schedule is going to be. But outside of that, you know, if you want to designate Reef, maybe even the Kyle Rudolph, and I'm just throwing out some figures here, guys who have high cap hits. If you want to designate them as post-June one cuts that could give you some salary cap space. But what are you going to do if your tackle situation isn't good in 2020? I mean, if you draft somebody, sure, but how are you so certain that they're going to be able to fill in at left tackle or, you know, it's going to be so seamless moving Brian O'Neill over there? Like, to me, it's not as easy as just, like, projecting it out. Um, I do believe that, you know, they need two things right now on offense, and that's a left guard, and it's another wide receiver. And I'm not even talking about the Stephon Diggs stuff. I'm talking about getting some speed in there because you truly need that. Um, beyond that, like, there's just, you know, they just don't have a ton of room right now. So I'm either anticipating a trade, which kind of feels unlikely. I know I heard you talking about Diggs at the beginning of the show. Um, people I've spoken with have not indicated anything right now, like hearing anything that's going on uh, that's concrete. Now, could that change? Certainly. I mean, it's kind of rich for Diggs to put that out there without knowing something himself or at least getting word from his agent that they're close to something. So keep an eye on that. But other than that, are we looking at another cut? Could it potentially be Riley Reef? I mean, this team doesn't have that much to spend right now. Seven, just up north of seven, I think, is what we have on ESPN's roster management. Um if that's the case, then if you still want to be active in free agency, if you want to go after another nickel corner or something, um, then I think you're going to need money to do that. Yeah, the Diggs thing is weird because he always puts out cryptic tweets and so forth. So we've learned to just go, oh, look, another cryptic Diggs tweet. Who cares? 
But you and I have been talking about this for I don't know how long. I mean, going back to last year's camp, we were discussing, hey, is there a little bit of fire where there's smoke coming from Stefan Diggs? He doesn't seem to be all that happy, and we're a little concerned about this situation. And then, you know, week four happens, and that doesn't just disappear. Even though everybody seemed to get back on the same page, they started throwing it to him all the time. But that sort of thing doesn't just vanish into thin air that someone was so unhappy they just refused to show up for practices and then when i asked rick spielman straight out has stefan diggs asked you for a trade and he said uh well haven't talked to his agent yet it's like okay that's not a no um but i also think it's a really bad idea to trade stefan diggs and i tend to think that the vikings think that too well I just, at this point, I don't want to call somebody a clubhouse cancer because I think that's it's not really my place. Um, you know, I don't want to say anybody is acting like Antonio Brown, even though it kind of feels like Antonio Brown has mental health problems. Um, and I have no issue saying that. Like, what Stefan Diggs is doing looks like he's trying to put his hand a little bit. And I, how do you bring this guy back into the locker room? Like, let's be real. I'm going to be frank with you. He wasn't being cryptic today. We know exactly who the hell he's talking about. He's talking about Kirk Cousins and the deal. And otherwise, your timing really sucks. Otherwise, it really sucks if that's what you're trying to get at and not get at. So the fact that he said what he said, and then he followed up by tweeting, responding to somebody else that, you know, no, this is different this time. You know, uh, I have it. I have it. Nah, this ain't one of them times, champ. Something's going to happen. How do you bring that guy back? into the locker room. And I know, you know, you know, you can deal with, with egos and all the other stuff, but how do you bring that guy back when clearly this is directed at a quarterback contract he's not happy with? We can infer here, it's, it's enough of speculation. I'm going to go ahead and say that that's exactly what he's referring to because I'm not stupid. It, it, there's no black and white. It's not There's no gray area here. It's black and white. So look at the situation and think, what are you doing if you bring him back here? Why not unload him and get a haul of picks and, you know, to make it, you know, to make yourself put yourself in a situation where you can be really active in the draft and maybe even trade up. I mean, they already got the comp pick in the third round. That's huge. Um, but beyond that, if you did trade him, if you did move him, yeah, you'd have some dead cap to incur. But how do you bring this guy back into the locker room? And how do you expect Kirk Cousins to want to throw it his way? I mean, honestly, I'm not trying to be petty, but like, we, there's clearly a line being drawn here by a player who, you know, can't help himself when he tweets. I'm yeah. sorry. I, These I, are the optics of it, and it looks real bad for Minnesota right now. I, I do think that it is hard to figure out what is going on with him through his Twitter. I mean, it's just... It, it's I don't all, think it's, it's hard at all. See, I think it is obvious as hell. Like, look at this. I mean, it's a situation where... Either either you have either you have no clue what's going on in the world. Maybe you're bunkered down right now, um, or you're trying to send a message, and the message has been received. It's just it's dramatic at this point. Like, what are you doing? Like, it looks ter- it's a terrible look for him. I'm sorry, it is. No, yeah, it's definitely not a, a good look to be tweeting out cryptic things on the day that your quarterback got an extension, as opposed to tweeting out "Good for you, Kirk Cousins. Glad you're back. Can't wait to play with you." I, I just wonder i mean it seems to have gone back for quite some time and really been centered on what the offense is built around and that's built around a lot of running and not throwing as much as they probably should in today's nfl and especially not enough in his direction when he averages 
18 yards per reception, but you throw it to him, you know, less than 40 other receivers in the NFL, you start to sort of question uh, that decision about what you're basing your offense on. And then if you're going to base your offense on the run, but you're paying a quarterback that much, that doesn't really add up either. And so I, I, I get where you're coming from. And Stefan, we know, is a, is a guy who is smart and understands his situation here and has been frustrated for a little while. I just think that we play this game every couple of weeks with him with his Twitter where he says something and then we go, oh, he's definitely getting traded, but I still can't find the motivation for the Minnesota Vikings to trade him. I can't either. The only, and trust me, if you're trying to unload somebody, um, because they're unhappy, I do think that you have to worry about somebody getting just you know with, with the locker room and the fabric of the locker room. Don't be dumb. Don't don't put somebody in there that's going to fracture it. And clearly, he's not happy. Um, but you know, I've seen enough at this point to to realize in my mind that the best situation I think for all parties is a divorce. And you know. I hate saying that because he is a really talented player. And the Minnesota Vikings truly, on paper, have no reason to trade him whatsoever. I came on the show two months ago and said that um, in a very passionate manner. They do not have any sort of incentive to unload him just to unload him. But at this time of year, when the free agent wide receiver class is not good, um, maybe you could get a nice haul of picks for him. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, the... the Draft class for receivers is deep this year. Got to take that into yep, consideration too, and maybe that would pre- maybe that would prevent uh, getting top dollar for him or you know a first round pick potentially. But I just feel like is the situation going to get worse? Can the Vikings do anything to mitigate it right now? Because you clearly have somebody who's unhappy, and the fact that he sent a rebuttal to somebody who kind of questioned it the way that you did, being like, "Well, we see this every few weeks." And there's reports that the Vikings aren't doing anything, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, when he said, like, no, this is different this time. Something's going to happen. Well, maybe it will. I think he's honestly frustrated about his contract situation. You know, you signed it when you signed it, sir. Not Nobody else did that. So, I mean, you can't fault anybody for that. But if you feel like you're wasting your prime in a run-first offense, then you have a reason to, you know, be upset. But at this point... He's under contract, and, and it's up to the Vikings. Like, I mean, unless he really wants to force his way out of there, it's up to the Vikings to make a move. And as far as I know right now, that's not happening right now. And he has no leverage to make it happen anyway. So, uh, yeah, no. it, it is a situation worth continuing to watch. I just think that if you sign Kirk Cousins to a contract extension, then you don't get rid of one of his top weapons with the hope that a draft pick could replace him. And you look at what DeAndre Hopkins... Not. You look what Hopkins was traded for. It's not impressive. A second-round pick and a running back? I mean, if, if you're talking about trading Diggs for something that's equal or less than that, no thank you. I'd rather just have him be unhappy, I guess. Um, let me ask you one more thing, Courtney. What is the next move for the Vikings? Because as you mentioned, only about $7 million in cap space right now. Is it a Harris trade? Uh, Riley Reef getting cut? Harrison Smith maybe getting traded? I mean, what what could we be looking at here? Um, I mean, let's the more realistic thing would be like, what's going to happen with Everson Griffin? Um, is he going to get come back on a short, like a, a discounted deal from where he was at even a year ago? Because he's a free agent. Is he going to go test the waters? That's one I'm definitely keeping my eye on. Um, I wouldn't rule out a trade. I feel like they still have to move somebody off the books in order to get some money to make a splash in free agency and be able to go after guys once the, once the free agent window opens. 
on um, on Wednesday. So keep your eye on stuff like that. I don't know if a, if a Harris trade would happen necessarily right now. It could. Um, that's why I'm not. I'm kind of couching everything I'm writing on Anthony with the with the assumption that it's very much on the table. They didn't just, you know, they have leverage now. Uh, they they didn't let him hit the market. They have him at eleven point four four one million dollar cap hit. Um, they might not get top earnings back for him, but they could certainly clean up pretty nicely uh, and be able to, you know, free up some of that cap space and also get some draft picks in because maybe if they do do that, then you can draft a safety early on. So there's a lot there. Uh, keep an eye on that. But, you know, I don't think they're done for the day. From what I've, from my understanding, they have been, they, they, it could be a long night for them. Let's just put it that way. Well, they already got Britton Colquitt signed. So I, I think they're all set. I, I mean, you got to find Dan Bailey. You got to be able to hold. If you don't have the hold, you're not going to have a good kick. We really found that out last year in camp. Uh, Courtney, we will see you in a way here uh, tomorrow for the full show on Purple Daily. Thanks for coming on. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Courtney Cronin. There, ESPN. Yep, she'll be on the whole show tomorrow, and we'll be doing it somehow remotely because viruses have to- taken over our world. Um, so, <laughs> you know, there we are. Uh, last thought for me for now, but also we're going to be on from six to eight tonight. So yeah. Courtney said we'll things could still happen um, as the Vikings will be working late into the night to try and create themselves some cap space to be looking into other options. And trades have all of a sudden become a big deal. DeForest Buckner traded to the Colts and there. DeAndre Hopkins being sent in a ridiculous trade to the Arizona Cardinals if you miss those. So it would not be a surprise at all if there is some craziness that is still to come with the Vikings. The Diggs thing is tough because Courtney kind of went in on him there, and I get it that when you put out tweets like that at a time like this, and then you respond to somebody that what you're going to get is this guy's a diva, this guy's a problem, all those things. But I kind of go back and forth with this. I I think that that's the wrong way to handle it if he's been trying to make his way out of Minnesota because he doesn't want to play in this offense or he doesn't think that this team can win with Cousins or whatever he thinks. I I don't know. That's where I get flustered because I, I can't put words in a guy's mouth based on one response to a tweet that says something's going to happen and and that says time for a new beginning. Like, I don't know what to make of that. I look through his tweets like everybody else, and I'm supposed to interpret these and know what the guy is thinking. I've known for some time that he's been frustrated with their offensive direction. He believes, rightfully so, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. He wants to win. He wants to get the dominant numbers that someone like DeAndre Hopkins has. And I agree with all that. He should be the centerpiece of their offense. And if you couldn't make him happy here, it's kind of a failing on your part as the Vikings for not being able to do that. But also, no, he shouldn't act this way. Can you somehow resolve this? Can you get this to a point where we can go forward with him as a a wide receiver on your team? Because you need him. Kirk Cousins is not going to be who he was last year if they get rid of Stephon Diggs. I don't care what receiver you draft. Right away, you can't expect that from anybody because he's one of the best in the league. So, Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next. I will be back with some combination of Mackie, Judd, or Rami from 6 to 8 tonight as we continue our free agent frenzy. It's been a wild, crazy day, and it sounds like it's not over. So keep it here to Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.